back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast to be named later. I am Noah Hiles. He is Alex Stumpf. And Alex, I mean, it's a sweep every time. It's just yeah. <laughs> more often than not, it's, it's the Pirates getting swept is what yeah. we're coming to find out. Yeah, um, this, was a, this was a bad series. This was, <laughs> this I would was almost, a real bad series. I mean, it, it, was, it was fun to watch on Tuesday at the end, not saying that, you know, watching the Pirates get no hit is necessarily fun, but just to actually see a no hitter in person, mm-hmm. there's at least a memorable thing about this one. This one was the, you go and you write, it's like, oh, man, what am I going to say about this that I haven't said already, you know? <laughs> yeah. And other times. And pick a series spin a wheel cleveland minnesota chicago you know like whatever series that they got swept in before and then you just get that one um we know the pirates get swept in a quick two game set against the white Sox. instead of just recapping that that's boring alex and i thought of a different angle to approach this um the white Sox were in a unique position in 2016 and I don't know the name of their general manager. I know Alex does. Do you? Do you? I think it's Rick Hahn, but I'll, go, I'll double check just to make okay. sure. Well, whoever he or she is, um, they decided we're just going to blow it up. Rick Hahn. Rick, Rick Hahn decided yeah. we're going to blow it up. We're going to start from scratch. And um, looking at the way this organization is structured, they're going to be good for a really long freaking time. Um. I mean, I, talk, I gave the preview about how good their lineup was, and this, this two-game series was a freaking showcase where they have one through nine. I mean, they have two old guys, and you could call them old guys in the lineup. One is old, the designated hitter, Edwin Encarnacion. And I would say, how old's Grandall? He's, he's over 30, right? What is he, like 32? Yeah, but he just got, like, a four-year deal, I yeah. think, this offseason. So he's not too old. No, he's not, he's not too he's old. He's a vet. And he's, like, a top-five catcher in baseball. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's, he's a vet. That's a better way to put it. But everyone else on this team is, like, 27 years old or younger, and they're all – just flat out studs. Like I said, this was a showcase that the White Sox just put on and you can't help but feel like, man, I wonder if the pirates could have done this and hindsight's 2020 and Alex and I were talking about this pre-show. If they were to have gone this route, what the White Sox did, and we're going to talk about what exactly they did here in a second, but when would have been the time to do it? So to recap, just going down their starting lineup, Yasmani Grandal was a free agent signing. All right, that's they, they paid him big money. They gave him a good deal. They paid him to be a top five catcher in the game, and he is. Uh, Jose Abreu, he's been on the team for a while. I think this is what his sixth, seventh year. I think he was a rookie in fourteen. I want to say that sounds um, about right. And he was acquired uh, as a Cuban player, um, you know, in the Latin development program they have there. So. They found him. They claimed, or you know, they signed him. He's been theirs the whole time. They've drafted two players in their starting lineup, Alex. One is this Mendic kid who absolutely raked yesterday afternoon, and he was a twenty-second round pick. And then the other is their batting champion, shortstop, who has more swagger than like the two border states of Illinois combined. Uh, and Tim Anderson, just an absolute beast. And like I said, my favorite player in baseball. Then you look over at third base, Moncada. And this is where the trades start. 
How was he acquired, Alex? Why, he was acquired from the Boston Red Sox mm. and the big piece that they got for Chris Sale. And it was at Moncana and Kopech. Okay. Yeah, your big return there. And I will say, out of all these trades, I, I, I still think the Red Sox won that deal as of right now because Chris Sale helped win the World Series for them. And that's right now. Because yeah. I think the White Sox, this White Sox team probably is going to be at least very close to a World Series before this core that they have is gonzo. So, you know, if the White Sox win two World Series, maybe that's a different story. Uh, but, like, when you consider that they had no really re- good reason to keep Chris Sale to begin with, uh, this, that's what you hope for when you trade away a star player. Uh, when you trade away a Cy Young caliber pitcher, you hope to get a Mankata, maybe him instead of, a, you know, another third baseman who we're not going to bring his name up or a starting pitcher or two guys that, you know, whatever. Uh, thanks, Neil. Um, then you go to the outfield. Eloy Jimenez. Uh, how did he come to the White Sox, Alex? Uh, he was also acquired in a trade. Okay. Um, 2017. They gave up Jose Quintana. Oh, Jose Quintana. Yeah. So and, that's they, the... and again, again, he wasn't the only player that they gave up or they got in that deal. They also got Dylan Cease. They got a couple minor leaguers on top of that. You know, they got some, they got some useful pieces for that guy. So they just put him on the red line and he rode the subway over to the south side. Fair enough. Um, not a bad deal. I mean, I remember when the Pirates were tied into Quintana. Uh, that, what'd they want? They wanted Glass now, Josh Bell, and somebody else, which was a yeah. ton. Um, I mean, I'm glad they didn't make that deal. But at the same time, I mean, just good for the White Sox. They was, won was that deal. Really I mean, looking at it now, considering how they completely squandered Glass now, and Josh Bell is what would have came from it for the Pirates end though? Maybe they go to the playoffs in 2017. Maybe they, you know, Maybe. maximize the end of the Cutch and Cole era. I think this was ending the same way it was going to end, regardless. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm putting but, a big asterisk of you know, <laughs> Ray Searge just doesn't Ray Searge Jose Quintana. I think I think by not making that trade. Uh, Neil Huntington preserved us a very fun month of May in the year of 2019, and that's about it. But, hey, good for, good for Neil. Thanks. Um, now we move to center field. Luis Robert, uh, th- who's similar to um, Jose Abreu, signed out of Cuba. Uh, and then Mazzara, is that how you say the right fielder's last name? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and how was he acquired, Alex? This time they bought. They bought this guy in a trade okay. for Steel Walker. Yeah. Steel Walker, and that's and the I only, only know that I disagree because, with because about... you don't trade a guy named Steel Walker from your franchise. I don't care if he has a negative thirty WAR. You hang on to that guy. He's got. <laughs> he's coming up clutch. Game seven of the World Series. You pinch hit him. That's a winner right there. That's an eighty grade name right there. But yeah, it, and and one more trade that we didn't even get to. Uh, the guy who threw that no hitter. You know how they got him. We're gonna get to him, but. All right, ahead, all right. Tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him. Because this is the one. They traded Adam Eaton. Adam Eaton. Who, like, broke his leg in, like, the first game he played as a Washington National and, and has not been remotely close to a good player since then. Yeah. Uh, and Lucas Giolito, 2019, all-star. 2020, no-hitter. And his numbers are ridiculously good. So – 
good for them. And their designated hitter is Edwin Encarnacion, who I think is like has like the third most home run, home runs out of any active player right now, something like that. Uh, Ish, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he and he's when Edwin Encarnacion is like a weak spot in your order, you're a pretty damn good team, you know. And I mean, he's just an average level DH at this point, but still, I mean, that's just a loaded lineup. And then they have, I mean, they have Nick Birdie's younger brother and his arm looks to be like fully intact, which is like just another slap in the face. Uh, they, they have, they have good people everywhere. So Alex, let's discuss, this could have been the pirates because there was a time not too long ago, right now, this team does not have a Chris sale to trade. It does not have, it doesn't even have an Adam Eaton really to trade. Um, it doesn't have a Jose Quintana. But not too long ago, they had players at those positions that were significantly better than everyone aside from Chris Sale. Uh, and they could have had players, prospects come back just as good. When, if you were, you know, able to go back in time and redo this, when is the year? you would have tried to blow things up and go this White Sox route. The same year the White Sox did it in 2016, that offseason, after wow. the 2016 season. Because looking at what the Pirates ended up doing, and it's, it wasn't even really an issue of, well, they, they quote-unquote went for it again with the old group. I, I, I can't necessarily fault that because, you know, you were just one year removed from and a 98-win season. Marte got popped for roids. Like, there is yeah. – there were yeah. a lot of things. You, I, I can see why, why they thought, look, Kutch is going to be healthy. The kids we brought up are going to be a little better. Cole will be healthy. Marty will be back. Okay, we're going to go for it one more time in 2017. But they didn't support the team. They didn't bolster the lineup or the staff or whatever. It, they really went in with the same guys with no new blood. That was the real problem. If they were only going to do that, knowing that is information, they should have just rebuilt like the White Sox did. The White Sox were in the same purgatory as the Pirates were at that point of that like high 70 win team. It's like, well, what do, what do we do? Oh, we tried to go for it a couple times. It didn't really work. And they said, you know what? This is our last real off season where we can get the King's ransom for, for sale, for Eaton, for, for Quintana, Quintana, even though that trade was made a couple months later let's let's do it let's rebuild let's it's going to be a rough couple years and now you look at this team and this team is going to be good for a long long time like they've got a whole lot of good pieces in place and the pirates they look like they're a long long away from being a good team right now it is they're quite literally on opposite sides of the spectrum right now where one is probably coming pretty close to bottoming out at this point, like their arrow, you know, it's almost all the way down. Mm-hmm. While the White Sox is just shooting up. It's just shooting up yeah. right now. And they're going to be good for a long time. Pirates don't have anyone really to trade at this point. And you know what? We go back to that 2016 offseason where they almost traded Cutch to, to the Nationals. For you Juan know? Soto. Soto was in the mix there. Robles was in the mix there. Or Robles, uh, there's a Giolito. picture too. Yeah, who was that? Giolito. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he would ever do anything in the major leagues. Yeah. Probably would never throw a no-hitter. Uh, it's – the Pirates are a team that, yes, they do have some good prospects right now. This isn't a completely hopeless situation looking at it. Like Hayes, who is, for, again, for some reason, not on the 
major league roster. Save I do those not thoughts. Know what... We need segments later. Save yeah. those thoughts. Don't go too far. If we need segments later, I might need bylines later. We're gonna yeah, see. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Cruz. Gonzalez was a nice guy, even though that's a Charrington guy at that point. There, there's some good young talent, but man, it is a very top-heavy farm system, and it's not very deep, and it, they don't really have that much to trade right now. Like, I know the trade deadline is the 31st, and people are like, trade Josh Bell. It's like, why would you trade Josh Bell unless you feel like you could get the same return than you would if, if Josh Bell had a 1,000 OPS right now? You can't yeah, Charrington has like, like inherited a situation. Yeah. yeah, Charrington has inherited such a bad hand that he has no choice but to let some guys go. And like, look, I, I guess I gotta have to let Adam Frazier ride it out because if I trade him right now, I'm not gonna get anything close to his trade value. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's like a stock, you know, you, you try to sell high, and and you you can't do that right now, and. To go off your 2016 point, I think that trading McCutcheon in 2016, especially knowing the players the Nationals were willing to give up for him, that hurts. Um, but I don't know if I would have went full send then. I think that it would have been the next year. Because I'm not, I'm not opposed to them running it back like they did in 2016, where they're one year removed from winning 98 games. Starling Marte had you know, missed half the season because of a steroid thing. You had McCutcheon, a guy who was like an MVP caliber player for four straight years, have just an abnormally bad season out of nowhere. You were probably going to bank on him rebounding. You still had Garrett Cole at a premium price. And you had, it was just kind of like, well, that was a worst case scenario year. We still have tons of talent. And Polanco was coming off the best year of his career. You're like, okay, well, he's going to be better. Uh, and this is a time still, Alex, in 2016, this franchise had a deep farm system already. Uh, and they still believed in their ability to not only develop talent, but also have successful reclamation projects. And that was it where 2016 proved that this organization had an unrealistic sense of belief in themselves where they, they, they felt like we got everything right pretty much from 2012, 2011, 2012 to 2015. You know, we signed the right free agents, you know, guys like Burnett, Volquez, we made the right trades for Jay Happ, uh, Marlon Berg, like these rental players that end up working well and being productive players. We can't do anything wrong. Look at the guys we've developed out there. Pedro's leading the league in home runs. McCutcheon's winning MVPs. Neil Walker, solid player at second base. They're getting it all right. And then they just stop getting it right. <laughs> and so that's why I think that it, it's hard to go back in time and redo it all like that, especially in 2016 when it's one year, away, one year removed from Schwarber hitting that ball. It still hasn't landed in right field. But – I think 2017, after two years of it, when they did trade Cole, and I think that they should have just went all in right there. They should have flipped Garrett Cole. Yeah. They, they traded Cole, and they didn't do it the right way. That's the problem. They tried to extend this Fugazi window of winning that just didn't exist. When you get rid of a Cy Young caliber pitcher and an MVP caliber outfielder, even though he wasn't that anymore, but he was still a very good player. When you get rid of those two names, 
you're not a you're not a championship contender anymore. And getting guys like Musgrove, who is a nice guy and I enjoy talking to, Colin Moran, everyone knows I'm a huge fan of his. That screwed this franchise up for five years, at least at least five years, probably even more. And people are going to talk about the Archer deal, which was also made in twenty that was twenty eighteen, um, and that screwed them up as well. But they should have been building around those guys, not trying to win now and getting rid of them. And yeah, they should have got rid of Marte on top of trading Cole, Cole and McCutcheon that offseason. Polanco, they should have tried to deal. Uh, I mean, there, there are so many people that they could have flipped. A David Freeze probably could have went for something. You know, they had guys. Cervelli could have went for something. And they could have done this then, I think, would have been the appropriate time. And would, would the Pirates, if they did that in 2017, be where the White Sox are now? Maybe. Probably not. Because you still got to think, Glass now probably doesn't reach his full potential. Who knows where where they are as far as uh, a front office? Neil Huntington might still be here. You know, Clint Hurdle still might be the manager because they were signed to deals around that time. They might not have been fired. Who knows? It's all different. But I think you had to give it one more year. I think that they should have just blown it all up completely when Cole and McCutcheon got dealt. They should have just traded for prospects, young guys like they did with McCutcheon, pretty much. The Garrett Cole thing screwed them big time. Obviously, the Archer thing screwed them big time. Waiting two years to deal Starling Marte really screwed them big time. You know, it, if they weren't going to – everyone says that the 2015 offseason is whenever everything went wrong for the Pirates. And I'm, I'm not going to defend all the moves in general up there, but that, that team really didn't make the playoffs – not because, oh my goodness, they had such a horrible offseason, as much as it was Kutch, Cole, and Liriano, just all three of them, completely tanked. Yeah. Their top end talent there. It was the 2016 offseason, yeah. I'll say, is where they, they didn't get the help along they got the Daniel lines Hudson. Or some, Yeah, they summed it up all with Daniel <laughs> Hudson. They didn't get, you know, the big help of, hey, we're going to go for it. We're going to really freaking go for it. We're going to try to win the division. We're going to try to win a world series, you know, before this window closes it, or, you know, okay, we're throwing in the towel. We can't do it. We're going to rebuild. We're going to have a great farm system again. The problem with going the extra year, like you suggested in 2017, like they did. And yeah, looking back on it, they, they clearly screwed up that, that cold trade, especially considering what he would end up becoming. It's worse to me. I look but, at that. That's worse than the Archer deal. But anyway, continue. No, 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 no. Archer deal. Archer deal is the worst. Because they could have got a number one prospect for Garrett Cole. No, that's the whole thing with Garrett Cole was they turned down number one or I, know. I can't say turned down a number one prospect, but they should have had more than a number one prospect they could have to turn Frazier return. here. They could have had that that DH for the freaking Astros, whatever his name is. That's Jordan Alvarez or whatever. It it was the risk averseness that ended up screwing them up right there. Yeah. Because Neil Huntington from 20, especially starting like 2017 in 2016-ish, built 500 teams that he would rely on the top tier talent on and hope that they played up to be a 90-win team. You know, they catch a hot streak and that's it. That doesn't work, you know, enough time. It worked in 2014. (laughs) (laughs) And I, don't, I think people forget about that 2014 team, like how many, how, how weird and strange that, that Neil, season was and how many Pepto-Bismols were, you know. Neil Walker was a cleanup hitter. 
yeah. on a team that had a home playoff game. I mean, that was a weird year. Then who was that relief pitcher they called up and like from like the wild things basically? John uh, Holmscomb. Yeah. I mean, that was just wild. I remember I went to college that year and you don't get the pirates in Ohio or whatever, but I had the MLB app. But um I remember going there, I'm like, oh well, they're probably not gonna make the playoffs this year. And then they just had that September. I'm like, I don't think they've lost like this month. And uh and Brandon Belt had a home run and ruined my ruined my fall semester. But good talk, I guess. Depressing. Um, I'm jealous of the White Sox. I'm jealous of the White Sox media that they get to cover those guys. I'm jealous of you, even Alex, just because not only did you get to see a, some good players this past weekend, but like I started covering this team in 2018. And, like, that 81-82 win season, I think I could be on this beat for another 10 years. And maybe not 10, but I think I could be on this beat for five more years, and I think those 82 wins are going to be the most I see from this club. You knew what we signed up for. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm still happy to work here. I mean, this, this again, this, this beat's covering news in, in, in Ohio. I mean, it is what it is, yeah. And, hey. Duquesne basketball is coming soon, so that'll be fun. All right, we're going to take a quick break after this extra-long segment. When we come back, we're going to discuss not necessarily a preview for the St. Louis Cardinals series, but we're going to give our thoughts on seven-inning doubleheaders. They're kind of weird. Let's, let's see if we like them or not. And we're back. Second half of the show. Alex, you will not be covering – at least in person. I mean, we help out. We help out behind <laughs> the scenes. Uh, that's pretty much – I just sit by my laptop when Alex is on the road and just wait to be told what to do. That's, that's my job. Like, I, <laughs> I work out in, in my basement, and I bring my laptop down there, and I have it on full volume. That way when I get that uh, little sound in the Slack chat that we have, I will oh, pause. And then when I uh, go in the shower, I have my phone on full volume, and uh, sometimes I have to get out soaking wet. And, and, and adjust the live file or something when I'm cooking, cleaning, doing whatever it is. I'm just basically just waiting for Alex to tell me to do something or Dan to tell me to do something. That's, that's what my job is when, when the pirates are on the road. And Alex's this segment's job, off to a good start. Huh? Yeah, This segment's is. off to you, a good you're start. You're like, you're damn right. I'm a king and Noah's my, <laughs> Noah's my peasant. Noah, um, get out of the shower. Your cleanliness can wait. Yes. We need to alert that we got the White Sox media notes in there. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's been a struggle for me, man. Those, I never know when those things post. Um, anyway, Alex, you're not going to be in St. Louis. Our boss is Dan will be there covering the doubleheader. Um, even though I said I would go, he was like, no, I'll do it. I'm like, good call. Um, <laughs> but it might anyway, rain. It might rain. <laughs> it, it might. That would suck. Uh, so he's going to be there covering it. Um, so we haven't, have you seen? No, neither of us have covered a seven inning doubleheader yet. Eventually we're both going to end up doing it. Um, what were your thoughts on this idea originally, Alex, with seven inning doubleheaders? And have they changed after seeing them, though you haven't covered them, just seeing uh, them being used, especially with like the Cardinals and the Marlins and the Mets, any opinion changes? They actually seem to be pretty popular from what I've seen. Yeah, I mean, I think anyone who uh, covered 
or watched any like high school, not, not high school, but college baseball or minor league baseball even. Yeah, but that's an NAIA special for me with the seven inning double headers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of what my mind always goes to. Uh, I wasn't really in favor going into it. You know, I can't say I'm really in favor of someone like the Cardinals, you know, playing, what is it, like 10 doubleheaders yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Because at that point, it's like, well, they're going to play, you know, 30, 40 innings less than, you know, every other team. That's, that's significant. That's 30, 40 innings where you don't have to go to your fourth best reliever or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It, that really will impact the season. And anyone who pretends that it doesn't is, is lying, doesn't invalidate it, but it does make it different. I kind of eased up on it and kind of accepted that it's a, especially whenever you actually see all the pitcher injuries that have happened this year. Like it's one thing to be like, I'm not really against it. I hear that, you know, there could be a lot more pitcher injuries, but whenever you actually do see it in person happening, it's like, is it really worth killing another couple pitchers to make sure that they play four more innings of a game, especially since how many of these games are going to be, you know, same outcome anyway. Like, is if they if the parts win or lose seven or two, you know, in one of those games, it's like, boy, if they only had two more innings, then they could have, you know, really come back. Yeah. See, I I hated the idea in the beginning. It, it made it felt like a pony league game or like a high school game, you know. And like this, this is professional baseball. And, it, I mean, on top of everything you said, it's taking away opportunities from guys, I thought, too, where uh, you, you manage the game differently. I mean, if you have a Max Scherzer or somebody, a, a, a Lucas Giolito or somebody like that, I, I, it's just like you don't need to use your bullpen. Or, flip side, if you're like the Oakland A's, you really just don't need a starting pitcher the whole season. <laughs> you could just get a whole bunch of bullpen arms. And – I guess that's interesting with the strategy, but I think it just takes away from normal baseball. It also, like, as someone who loves the history of the game, um, like, if someone throws a perfect seven innings, are we really going to call that a perfect game? And I guess that that's, like, a minuscule thing to be arguing about in the midst of a pandemic and everything. So, but my, my after watching this, I don't know. I, I kind of want these to stick around. Like, next year, uh, I just think doubleheaders should be seven inning games. And if there's rain delays and everything, and uh, I mean, I don't know. I think, I, I think it's, it makes it interesting. I think baseball's problem in general is the season is too damn long where people really don't start caring. Oh, come on. No, I'm serious. I think 162 games is, is really long. Um, I think, I mean, I, I, I think it's interesting now. I mean, 60 is obviously too short. But I think they start to get, you know, they start too early. I know you don't like hearing any of this, but like I think they I start too early. Uh, and it'd be better if they started maybe in June and they could use these seven inning double headers maybe once a week or something like that to get to get a, you know, a significant portion of competition going. But they wouldn't have to compete with other sports. They could build up their eyeballs and direct attention where they're the only thing going on over the summer. It's a summer sport. Uh, I don't know. I don't hate them. See, first of all, I'm going to defend the 162-game season because baseball is a different animal than, say, the NFL, where everything about the NFL is leading up to the actual game, the anticipation. Correct. And then where baseball is, it's a, it's a living, living, breathing thing. 
over the course of a summer. It's every day. Every day, no matter what, you can put on TV and you can watch a baseball game if Correct. you so choose. That's that's the whole point of baseball. So yeah, you need the long seasons for that. And no, I'm I'm not going to be. Maybe I'll feel differently after I cover a couple of these double headers. It's like oh, you know, I was only like another two hours on my day than you know it normally would be for a workday. That's not too bad, I guess. But no, I I'm just I've relented and made it as you know a necessary evil for 2020 kind of like how the designated hitter is here <laughs> that no 2021 we go back we're going back to how baseball is actually played this whole season is just bonkers you have to make accommodations for player health player safety so this but, this season to you is like someone you hate is walking down the street but a tornado's coming and you're like you can come in but the moment the storm goes down to like just just like a thunderstorm, you gotta get the hell out. <laughs> like that's basically you right now. Yes. Oh man. Yes. I don't know. I don't necessarily hate what's going on. I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought I would. I thought I'd. I I, I hope the DH sticks around, and I just think nine inning double headers are are, are pointless. You're 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 a double header, two nine inning games in 24 hours screws up your whole week for a baseball team. It just does. I mean, you have to you have to literally plan around the entire week around these two games that are being played in one day, and it sucks because half the time, a it's not scheduled, so it's like kind of a random thing that will happen. Or if it is scheduled, it's you know not something you can plan for for a while. And b it's it's an unfair advantage for the teams that don't have you know if you have a dome, you don't have to deal with this crap unless if you know you're playing a team on the road that has to make up games or something like that where it's if every team had to do a double header once a week and if it was a seven inning two games it, it would be better it'd be better for the arms i don't know it's just something different and i know uh, this sounds like rob manfred trying to overfix baseball uh i don't know i don't necessarily hate him i really don't i would if rather i was getting paid by the hour i'd be very against them but I'm salary, so yeah. Let's let's get these seven innings. Every game should be seven innings. No. Oh my. Yeah. No. Um. I I would rather look at other solutions for doubleheaders. I mean, this Pirates were planning for this doubleheader all week. Also, I mean, a lot of their moves. They brought Cody Ponce along. Well, on that's the what I'm saying. Yeah, but... I would rather set it up so you either get a second player for doubleheaders, second bonus player, or you know you can have a bonus player in the first game. You know, find a way to accommodate all these different angles rather than just go back to seven. I, I think the ex, the 29th player this year, it's going to be usually 27 going mm. forward. I think that's great. I think that's something that's perfect for a doubleheader, just to bring in that one body. And even if it is a guy like Cody Ponce, it's like, hey, we might need innings. Go for it. You know, he- Brandon Compton was the king of being the twenty the twenty seventh man. I remember every time they had like a big double header for like the those that three year stretch where they were good, I'm like, oh, you know Compton's on the mound and he's gonna give you five and he's gonna allow three and you're not gonna see him again until September. And that's what he does best. And it was I, it was delightful. By God, that's Brandon Compton's music. Dude, it was awesome. Straight out of Compton. Yes, exactly. All right, Alex. Uh, final question here, and this is something we did not plan, but I'm interested to hear your answer on this. If you could pick one thing to keep that baseball has added during this pandemic season, what would it be? 
if it's not the seven inning games, if it's not the DH in the National League, what is something that you've seen baseball do this year that you would like to stick around? I can't think of anything. I mean that, I mean that genuinely. Like, I don't want the National League to have a DH. I don't like the seventh inning, seven inning doubleheaders, you know, a lot going forward. Expanded playoffs? Even that's kind of too watered down for me at this point. Like, I, I'd be willing to hear 12 teams and on by, like, a, how the NFL used to do the 12-team format, something like that. Okay. But, I mean, Zoom calls, I'm not going to miss those whenever those are done. No, I mean, that's the number one thing. I cannot wait to never do Zoom again. Yeah. I mean, Pirates Media Relations it's, has done an yeah, A-plus job. They have yeah. done an A-plus job given everything that is, you know, been through there i'm not saying i'm not sliding them in the least in this but just in general i mean it, it, i'll be frank here it kind of sucks that i'm <laughs> in chicago doing these games and i'm getting the same access as people who are in pittsburgh yeah um, and, and i know a lot of people in pittsburgh are in pittsburgh not by their own permission they, they'd rather go along but it's weird it's uh so there's nothing I honestly could not think of a single thing. What about an expanded roster size? Would you be fine if the next year baseball was like, you know what, for the whole year, 28? I'm fine with that. But that then again, I'm fine with everything pro- aside from the Zoom calls. I'm fine with the expanded playoffs. The least objectable one. But even then, I would rather have it be 26-man rosters. And then in September, it's the normal September roster where you can have, you know, whatever a billion um i don't know i'm fine with all of this staying around like i mean i'm 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 done with the covid (laughs) i'm done with coronavirus that can go whenever uh not like the the precautions those need to stay until the i'm just the virus itself that's my number one thing that needs to go uh zoom calls second after that i mean seven inning double headers don't mind them uh I don't know. I think it'd be cool to keep the interleague division. Like I want to do more interleague play against like the West and stuff, but I think every year it'd be cool to just play the AL central as well on top of a different interleague opponent. If you're playing 162 games, why not? Just throwing something up against the wall. I kind of like the taxi squad and how it's being yeah. used and how the pirates okay. are using it where someone like uh, Oliver can, uh, be brought along, not because, you know, they expect to use them, but, you know, they want them to be around major league coaches, be in the major league clubhouse, get some experience. It's a reward. I kind of like that. All right. Well, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Sound off so there the we comments. go. There you go. Finally, it took you like 20 minutes, but you gave me an answer. Uh, sound off in the comments. Let us know what you like about pandemic baseball. Uh, what, what are some things you hope stick around as we move forward next year? Um, Alex, final thoughts? I found – I remembered that the taxi squad was a thing. Okay. Good for you. That's good All right. Enough. Well, the Pirates have forgot about it when it comes to Brian Hayes. Oh, <laughs> hey, man. there you go. They there chose you. no one over him. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I mean, this no one guy, he might be somebody special, though. You never want to write him off. He's Alex <laughs> J. Stump. To be named I, am later. Noah, <laughs> I am Noah Hiles. Uh, we'll have another podcast for you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to this super long episode. But, hey, there's two games tomorrow. Just, you know, listen to us in between them. I don't know. We'll talk to you later.